Hello, this is Pastor Solomon Odinyebuchi O'Connell. It's nice to have you again on Hope Stream FM Weekly Bible Study Review. Today, the topic of our lesson is Laying Up Treasures in Heaven. The memory text is Mark chapter 8, verses 36 to 37. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his life? Please pray with me. O thou fountain of wisdom and grace, speak to us again today through your word. Let your word bless our lives as usual. And let thanks and adoration and majesty and glory and dominion be yours forever. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In the past several decades, there has been an increased interest in investment. Everywhere, people are scrambling to know the best investment strategies that can guarantee reasonable returns on investment. But long ago, Jesus gave us the world's best investment strategy when he said in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 20, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Jesus concluded his investment strategy by saying, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Matthew 6, 21. In other words, Jesus was saying, Show me that you love me, and that you care about my business by putting your treasure in my hands. Because where you put your treasures, that's where your heart is or where your heart will be. This week, we will review texts and illustrations that show us how to stop treasures in heaven and how to ultimately reap an eternal reward. Noah found grace. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 3. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. When God calls people, he calls them to make major changes in their life. And many of those that he called in the Bible were willing to make those changes. When God called Noah in Genesis chapter 6 verses 5 to 14, Noah obeyed God, made some changes, spent time and resources in order to be able to warn his world about an impending doom. Noah spent 120 years of his life in following the call of God to build the ark. Many skeptics dismiss the story of the flood as might, but today there are overwhelming evidences in scripture, archaeology, and in history that there was once in history a worldwide flood. The Bible tells us that as many people who lived in the days of Noah were skeptical about the event Noah spoke to them about, the destruction of the world, people living in our own time will also be skeptical of end-time events. 2 Peter 3, verses 3 to 7. How can we then prepare for the coming of the destruction and help others as well to prepare? There's need for us to faithfully and patiently do the work God has called us to do in the hope of a more glorious future reward. Although we may not know when Jesus Christ will return, 
It doesn't matter. What matters instead is that like Noah, we do what God asks us to do in the meantime. Even if, as with Noah, it means some radical life changes. What major or minor changes do you need to make in your life in order to be ready for the coming of Jesus and to help others get ready for it? Abraham, the father of the faithful. Genesis 12, 1-3 Now the Lord said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and cause them that cause thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Abraham exemplified solid faith in God. God called him to leave his homeland and his family to go to a land that he would show him. Abraham obeyed and thus God found him fit to begin the lineage that produced Jesus the Messiah. It was not an easy decision that Abraham made. It required a strong faith in God to take such a decision. God made a covenant with Abraham to bless him with the land, with descendants, and to make him a blessing to the world because of his faith and obedience. Genesis 12, 1-3 Abraham became so blessed, so generous, so influential that those around him saw him as a prince. This goes to show that obedience is always rewarding. Abraham was rewarded for his faith in God, and we too will be blessed if we obey. Ellen G. White wrote in Petras and Prophets, page 126, Abraham's unquestioning obedience is one of the most striking evidences of faith to be found in all the Bible. The Bible says in Galatians 3 verse 29, And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So just as Abraham believed God and he was blessed, we too can also believe God and be blessed since we are Abraham's seed by faith. Lot's bad decision. Genesis 13 verses 2 and 5. And Abraham was very rich in cattle, in silver and in gold. And Lot also, which went with Abraham, had flocks and herds and tents. When Abraham left his homeland in response to God's call, he didn't leave alone. His nephew Lot chose to go with him on his pilgrimage. We learn in Genesis 13, verses 2 and 5, that God blessed Abraham to the point that he was very rich in cattle, which was a primary measure of wealth in his culture. He was also blessed in silver and in gold. Genesis 13, verse 2. But Abraham was not the only one God blessed. Lot also had flocks and herds and tents. Genesis 13, verse 5. They both became so wealthy with their extensive livestock herds that they could no longer dwell close together. In order to avoid strife between their headsmen, Abraham offered Lot the choice of where he would love to live. Of course, Lot should have rejected the offer and instead insist that Abraham, his senior, should make his decision first, knowing that he owed his own prosperity to his connection to Abraham. Sadly, Lot showed no gratitude to his uncle. He selfishly wanted 
what he considered the best land available. So he went ahead and chose first. And as would be expected, things didn't turn out as perfect as Lot had programmed in the city where he went. Shockingly, Abraham never said, Well, Lot, it serves you right. You reap what you sowed. Instead, we see in Genesis 14 that Abraham came to Lot's rescue. What a lesson to learn from this great future, this great figure of faith. Sometimes in our quest for more, we move into dangerous territories. Lot moved right back into Sodom, a city of immorality and all kinds of sin. But in his great mercy, God did not consider that he moved into that city of immorality. God did not consider his selfishness, but he sent messengers of warning to Lot and his family, letting them know of the pending destruction of these cities. Because of Abraham's concern for Lot and his family, he bargained with God to spare the cities if righteous people could be found in them. Abraham's bargain with God to spare the life of Lot and his family failed because God could not find even ten persons who were righteous in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. But God sent two angels to personally deliver them, that's Lot, his wife, and his two daughters from Sodom. Sadly, Lot's wife looked back and became a pillar of salt. Lot entered Sodom a wealthy man and came out with almost nothing. How careful we need to be about the kind of decisions that we make, especially thinking only of short-term gains in contrast to the big picture. From deceiver to prince. Genesis 27, 40. 3 to 44. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice and arise. Flee thou to Laban, my brother, to Haran, and tarry with him a few days until thy brother's free turn away. The lesson on this day focuses on the faulty character of Jacob, the great grandson of Abraham. Although Jacob feared and loved God from childhood, he had a faulty character aided by his mother, Rebekah. Jacob deceived his father and obtained his brother's blessing. This led to Jacob fleeing from his brother Esau and from his hometown for 20 years. Genesis 27, 43-45 Through humiliation, repentance, and self-surrender, this sinful errant Jacob wrestled with an angel of God and persisted until he was blessed by the angel. What could have led Jacob to such an act of persistence? Ellen G. White tells us in Petras and Prophets, pages 197 and 198, Mortal prevailed with the majesty of heaven. He had fastened his trembling grasp upon the promises of God and the heart of the infinite love, could not turn away the sinner's plea. The error that had led to Jacob's sin in obtaining the birthright by fraud was now clearly set before him. He had not trusted God's promises, but had sought by his own efforts to bring about that which God would have accomplished in his own time and way. Jacob had received a blessing for which his soul had longed. His sin as a supplanter and deceiver had been pardoned. Interestingly, the name of Jacob, the supplanter, the deceiver, is listed in Hebrews 11 among the heroes of faith. Though guilty and sinful, 
Jacob's trust in God was strong. He considered himself a stranger and a pilgrim on the earth. Hebrews 11 verse 13. Despite mistakes, he left home with nothing, but came back to Cana, a wealthy man. You too can, like Jacob, receive pardon and grace from God. Moses in Egypt, Acts 7 verse 22. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. Moses is another outstanding character in the Bible. His account dominated the early years of sacred history. God miraculously saved him and kept him alive, despite the decree of the reigning king of Egypt, which required that every male child born to an Israelite family should be put to death. Jochebed, Moses' mother, was miraculously assigned the task of taking care of Moses, her own son, by the king's daughter. She had only a few years to impact the baby Moses. She had used the opportunity judiciously. She shaped the character of little Moses by her commitment to her role as a mother. She taught Moses how to pray, taught him how to trust God, and how to honor the Almighty Jehovah. For years after Moses left his parents for the royal palace, he was trained in the royal court of Egypt. Acts 17.22 But despite his training in the royal courts of Egypt, Moses made a conscious decision to stand with God and to honor him all the days of his life. Obviously, the early training his parents gave him had a strong influence on who Moses became. Egypt was the wealthiest and the most influential nation at the time, and Moses was to become the next pharaoh had he not made a decision to follow the God of his fathers. Think about what Moses left behind and what he had to face instead. Try to look at it from his own position. Before he made a choice, what was he living and what was he choosing to accept by living? Just imagine how tempting and how alluring the treasures of Egypt must have been to Moses. Yet he chose to stand with God. As scripture says it, he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin. Hebrews 11 verse 25. What temptations do you find around your world? How can you, like Moses, stand for God in the midst of all the worldly allurements? In conclusion, all the allurements of this world are nothing compared to what God has prepared for those who love him. Lay up your treasures in heaven and God will seal your sacrifices with rich reward. Please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this lesson we have learned again today. Teach us how to lay up our treasures in heaven that our reward may be great with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for studying with me again today on Hope Stream FM Weekly Bible Study Review. For questions, contributions, and prayers, please reach out to me on WhatsApp on plus 234-903-789-1680. God bless you.